Hey everyone, welcome to the AM Take Podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Marv, and we're two parts of this very awesome podcast. Join us as we explore a variety of topics every week. And this week we'll be talking about how the pandemic affected us personally and how we dealt with it. I know the topics of COVID-19 and the pandemic can be a bit touchy as some people make it a political one. But I thought it would be a good idea to let you guys know where Marv and I stand when it comes to that from the get-go so that you may set your expectations. Yeah. So we're going to go in uh we're going to go in with our thoughts on on COVID. Yeah, I mean, COVID has been an interesting thing, you know. It's uh definitely something I'm not used to. Uh mm-hmm. I I believe that's the case for a lot of us. Not a lot of us have lived through the yeah, Spanish flu. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I was about to say. Uh, I don't I don't think a lot of people have experienced a pandemic before those that are alive. Oh yeah, I mean the last one I think that was even close was what SARS, and then you had we had that what the polio scare a few years ago, but obviously that yeah, wasn't but that wasn't as, even yeah yeah it wasn't on the same scale at all yeah yeah in regards to the unknowns you know for me if if very much felt like playing plague inc mm-hmm. which is a mobile game that uh you play as the the virus i guess you can say you decide on how to evolve and mutate and then how best to take out the human race yeah uh, a lot of the news tickers that come on out of it is very similar to what we see or what we saw during the uh, pandemic or mm-hmm. the beginning of the pandemic mm, yeah and I'm not, uh, I'm actually not surprised that a pandemic would occur because viruses and bacteria, well, more so viruses, they, they have uh, high mutation rates. Yeah. So then once in a while, I'm not surprised if a virus got much stronger and just wreaks havoc. Mm. Of course, I have never experienced lockdowns. So this was a eye-opening experience for sure but I, I can't say that I'm, I'm surprised it happened oh yeah I, I heard it wasn't pretty bad in, in Quebec uh, in regards to lockdown oh yeah it was very strict at one point okay I think the first ever lockdown they didn't want people out of the on the streets after 8 p.m. or something like that uh-huh. and then they moved it to 10 p.m. oh so you guys had a so you guys had a curfew. Yeah, we had to. We had a curfew. Oh wow, that's interesting. And it was mandated mask everywhere, and you weren't allowed to go see your friends or family. No gatherings. No, there's no that. Uh, it was it was pretty strict. Yeah. And uh, I have to say that it did affect a lot of people's mental health. Yeah. I, I feel like it it really affected all the extroverts out there more so. I guess so. I was fine. Oh, you were? But granted, I... Well, I mean, I was working... I, I worked from home. Mm-hmm. And so when lockdown happened, it didn't really... Um, I mean, sure, I wasn't able to hang out with friends or anything else. But it just felt like a regular work day, I guess. Unless... Until the weekend came and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, what do you do now? You can't really do anything. Right. But, uh, yeah. It was more of the same, I guess you can say. Yeah. Uh, working from home and then you're stuck at home so mm-hmm. i don't recall us having curfew 
not that restrict like you guys, okay. but definitely lockdown and uh-huh. you know restrictions on going out, mm-hmm. gathering, and the mask mandate. However, you know I am in Texas, so there was a lot of a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, protesting in regards to mm-hmm. people not wanting to wear masks and uh, how uh, discussions on whether masks are necessary. How yeah. how bad were the cases in Texas? Oh, it's terrible. Uh, I recall them. Texas had one of the fastest growing rates of uh, people having COVID or getting COVID. Oh. And so it was, yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy. I Just because Texas has such a large population. Yeah. And so it was pretty high up there, mm. I recall. I, I remember at the beginning of, of the pandemic, our province was the leading province for the COVID numbers. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. It's because the spring break in Quebec is one week in advance oh. than the rest of the country. And so people would have traveled internationally and gone back already. Mm. And spring break was somewhere in March. Oh, <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that's why. But yeah, uh, speaking of stats, I thought it would be interesting to give out a bit of statistics from the World Health Organization. Uh, let's start with the United States. Cumulative cases so far, 93,822,000. Wait. About. 93? And wait, wait, wait. 93 million? Yeah, cases. 93.8 million cases. Wow. Since the beginning. Wow. Okay. And the number of deaths is one million. Sheesh. I'm rounding yeah, right away. Yeah. But yeah. Um, in Canada, we have cumulative cases about 4.1 million and 44,000 deaths. Jesus. And worldwide, worldwide cumulative cases is about. Six hundred and five point nine million, and the cumulative deaths is around six point five million. Oh my God, that's that's a that's a staggering number. I didn't think it was that high. Mm-hmm. I know I know it was high, but I didn't think it was half a billion people who were infected, and then just as you know, six million people died. Yeah. Oh man, that's uh. That's pretty crazy. I don't think anyone expected that. And I and I kind of went around the I went around the globe mm-hmm. uh, just to check on the other countries. Yeah. And I would have to say, I think America has the most amount of deaths. Uh, I was kind of surprised, actually. I didn't I didn't know that. I thought it would be, say, India. Because at some point, India with the Delta strain, yeah. it uh, was was pretty bad in India. And I, I saw a live footage of someone, a Canadian reporter in the, in the hospital. And it was just, uh, it's horrible. Mm. But yeah, I was surprised that America was leading in numbers of deaths. I don't know if it's slowed down now. Like I don't, I don't know if you keep up with the numbers nowadays, but uh, uh, locally it has. Okay. Locally in in Austin, it has drastically lowered, but I don't know on a nationwide level. 
Okay. But people still catch it. Yeah. Because I caught it last week. So you did. You did. And how? How did did it? <sighs> how did it go? Um, you know, I'm vaccinated, have my boosters and stuff, so it it was uh bad for the first three days. Mm-hmm. Definitely felt like death. Uh, lots of chest pains, lots of breathing issues, and then after that, it really calmed down mm-hmm. after my fever broke, I think. And then from there, it was just dealing with the chest pains or the constant coughing, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Just hoping that I don't have symptoms of what they call long COVID. Mm. And you know, as of today, things have been pretty good. So it's it's been it's subsided substantially, yeah. and so I attribute it to having. Gotten my vaccinations as well as all my boosters. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, imagine if you didn't get your vaccine. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Symptoms would have probably been much worse than they are. Yeah, it's avoided it for about two years, and then all of a sudden, you know, finally catch it. I know it's it's weird. My brother also caught it, and he lost his sense of taste and smell, and. It's been a while now, and last time I went to family dinner with him, I asked him about his sense of taste and smell, and he says it's at, uh, it's recovered about at eighty percent now. So it's it seems like it's kind of long lasting for him. Oh that oh man that's unfortunate. Yeah, I didn't I didn't lose my sense of smell or taste, and that was the number one thing that I was concerned about because I don't know it's just one of those things that you never hope goes away, and then when it does, you just like. It's weird, so I'm glad that I didn't uh-huh. have those issues. So wait, had you had you had it though? Like if you if you did lose it, would you have tested it? Like would you have I don't know drank vinegar? Oh yeah, of course I would have, <laughs> and would? I did. You know, even <laughs> yeah, even after I like I have an apple cider vinegar, and so you know I had it open and to smell it and to be able to just make sure that I still have that sense of smell okay. and I made sure that I didn't lose that because that was my number one fear is because is, it's, it's one of those senses it's like a sense you know mm-hmm. so you don't want to really lose it mm-hmm. and so that's what I, I feared the most basically okay. of course you 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 had the respiratory issues and yeah. coughing things like that but the biggest thing that I was worried about losing my sense of smell losing my sense of taste and I just uh, it's just one of those things that you, you don't ever want to happen, and yeah, I was scared. Understandable. That. I mean, life would be boring if you couldn't taste anything that you eat. Oh yeah, definitely. Understandable. I mean, yeah, imagine that. Like just eating everything, everything tastes bland. That'd be such a, a tragic life. Mm. And so, how was it for you? How did you get through this pandemic? Actually. You know what? Is the pandemic over? I don't think <laughs> did, so. Did anybody declare? No, I don't. Okay, think so, so it's not over yet. Yeah. I think it's um, ongoing. And it's so weird. It's it's so weird because like all the restrictions are lifted here uh, locally. Yeah. There's no more mask. And and you know, our our province was very strict about it too. So mm-hmm. there's no more mask. Gathering is allowed. Um you can do pretty much whatever you want, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And very recently, I went to local uh, Ukrainian festival. Mm-hmm. Nobody was wearing masks. Um, me and Joe, we were the only one wearing masks. And uh, we got a few looks. Really? Yeah, we we got a few looks from people. It was it was kind of weird. Interesting. 
well it's it's a personal choice it was yeah, just i definitely. i felt like i felt like there were a lot of people and i don't know what it is but me and joe we have some sort of a sore throat <laughs> for the past few days so i don't think it's covid i really don't but I'm just gonna monitor it you know yeah i mean it's a, that's all you can do right and then hope <laughs> to god that you don't catch it so yeah yeah so yeah wearing masks has been a very divisive topic mm -hmm. people want to wear it some people don't i really think it doesn't matter if someone decides to wear it i was gonna say it's it doesn't bother me if somebody wears a mask yeah, it doesn't really affect anybody. I think for some people, it's just that sense that it's a show of fear, I believe, of like okay change because it's it's it mm -hmm. basically indicates that something's wrong. I think, and so people don't like seeing that. Mm -hmm. you know? But that was my experience mm -hmm. in in Texas anyway. A lot of people who were against the vaccines were also anti-mask as well. Mm -hmm. uh, for them, I think it just they didn't want it to be real. It seemed like ignorance is bliss sometimes. And so that's my thoughts on it is that they probably realize everything's going on and wanted things to just stay the same mm -hmm. and not acknowledge that this thing was real. Uh, no vaccine, no mask, you know, everything's okay. No, no issues. Mm -hmm. But obviously the reality of it is that people were dying left and right mm -hmm. and getting infected. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Mm. But yeah, in terms of my personal experience, um, twenty twenty was a pretty, uh, pretty crummy year for me. Yeah. Uh, my birthday is in March, and mm. that was when the pandemic in Austin specifically hit hardest, or when they mandated masks and reduced gatherings, things mm. of that nature. I remember we were trying to book a uh, hotel, or not a hotel, excuse me, a restaurant. And we decided last minute not to do it because of the growing pandemic mm -hmm. issues and uh, ongoing lockdown. And so my birthday was spent not going to a restaurant, but mm -hmm. which was fine, you know. And then, I mean, that year, my, my grandfather passed away as well, too. Not, not due to COVID, due mm -hmm. to old age, and he had some complications. But that was right before COVID. That's right before March. So that's around February, around that time. Mm-hmm. Or at the beginning of March. And then I did have two uh, relatives who passed away due to complications from COVID mm -hmm. uh, through May and June, I believe. And so that was that was tough. We couldn't attend the funeral. Uh, funeral was really family, close family only. And no one, nobody from out of state uh, had a chance to visit or anything in that regard. And so that happened. Did you guys also have like a... Because cause I know you guys have tolls in between uh, states. Mm -hmm. And so did, did people get turned away at the at the border of the states? No, no. Okay. Was that something that it, happened? Yeah, it's a thing. It was a thing here Wait. during the lockdowns. Oh, so you couldn't cross province? No. Oh, that's interesting. Some are even so local that you can't, say, drive away from the city or wherever you are. And uh, I know Jonathan's parents got turned around at some point. Oh wow, that's interesting. Because I know, I know for us, it was mainly for air travel. Oh okay. That you you had you had restrictions of some kind, but uh, non-essential traveling. Okay. But f I know for um, driving, mm -hmm. it was there was really nothing in that regard. Because I remember my parents did drive up for 
a funeral mm -hmm. and they had to drive because obviously if they flew, they probably wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Mm. that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's crazy. But yeah, and other aspects of my life, work from home was fine. I was working from home. Uh, that was an interesting time because we had to scramble in terms of getting uh, everybody who worked in the office laptops oh, and things yeah. like that I yeah I still remember that Dell didn't have enough laptops for us we couldn't buy them fast enough yeah uh, other companies were buying them out we ended up having to go to Best Buy and then even that was laptops were being sold out uh, webcams were very hard to find you know a lot uh, monitors a lot of yeah resources were were uh out of stock because of the pandemic um oh yeah not only microchips but also like plexiglass because you know everybody's just yeah. needs plexiglass for for that barrier wood at some point lumber was uh oh yeah in... the, the whole supply chain thing yeah 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 did you guys experience the whole toilet uh toilet paper rush oh yeah oh god <laughs> that was so ridiculous I yes. still, I still can't uh, understand it, it. I still don't understand why it was such a, a hot item, you know. I, I don't know, man. It was just people well, like I mean, when in, in panic, they just do some things that's not explainable. Like even in the worst case scenario, if you ran out of toilet paper, uh -huh. I mean, you're in the bathroom, right? Yeah, and you can just literally jump in the shower. Yeah. In the worst case scenario right wouldn't you do it or would you be like oh no there's no toilet paper that's it i'm done maybe people, there goes my life maybe people wanted to use that as currency i don't know <laughs> <laughs> wow I don't know. such a like... dystopian outlook on life goodness gracious. no but, but people, yeah people, people would did. um buy a lot uh and yeah I recall that. Well, it's it, not even because they need it. It's because uh, they know that others need it. And then they'll resell it for, I don't know, quadruple the price. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I recall uh, like retailers putting out restrictions on that and then no refunds on toilet paper yes. and things like that. So that people who, who bought a bunch of them, obviously people weren't going to pay three times the price for it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when they couldn't resell it, they tried to return it. And obviously the retailers didn't want to take so, it back. Which is, So what was your solution for that? I was, <laughs> I didn't have to buy toilet paper. I had more than enough. And at the same time, I didn't, I was, I'm pretty, oh gosh, this is a little bit TMI, but I'm pretty regular. But <laughs> like, I don't okay. use that much toilet paper. It's like, okay. Oh God! Double ply and you yeah. two sheets, and that's it. So um, you fold it over, <laughs> and you know you're fine. <laughs> and so that's that's all it takes for me, you know. So I don't know what I, other people for, might do. For us, we got a we got a bidet. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, like an attachable yeah. one, and uh -huh. it's just so much cleaner, and it reduces your consumption of toilet paper. And we got the brand Tushi, mm. and I wonder if we can get sponsored from Tushi. Uh, yeah, we'll see. My but... my sister actually uh, jumped on the whole bidet bandwagon. Uh -huh. uh, she got one for uh, my parents. She got one for their place, and she was like trying to 
tell our whole family to get a bidet as well too. Yeah. Um, I still don't have one. I still I still just use toilet paper because mm-hmm. for me a bidet is nice. It's not bad. It is very you know you're right. It is a very clean feeling, mm-hmm. but it's still you still have to use toilet paper at at the end of it, right? I I use I use a baby wipe actually. Oh no, that's not a good. Idea. What do you throw the baby wipe in the toilet or no. in the uh, in the bin? No, it's not flushable. Oh, you throw it in the bin. Yeah, it's not flushable. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. I know people. Uh, there's been a lot to uh, lot said about quote unquote flushable baby. Uh, no, uh, it's gonna clog your drain. It's just way too thick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, that's what I thought. But yeah, with the uh, bidet, I feel like I still have to wipe afterwards. Well, right? yeah, because I mean, it's 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 wet so you it's gotta wet. dry it exactly uh, some people opt for exactly. a rag but i just no a rag <laughs> yeah. oh no <laughs> just to dry because technically oh, speaking what? your bum bum should be clean right so it's just to wipe away the water but then again <sighs> i don't trust it like 300 percent. so uh, not for me i'm gonna stick with my baby wipe uh, I know Jonathan uses uh, toilet paper, but uh-huh. uh, just to just to. So you uh, still need toilet paper. You still do. Just like maybe. But one sheet. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. You still do, but it's just uh, it, it reduces the consumption of it because you don't technically wipe with it anymore. You just dry with it. I I see. I see. Interesting. <laughs> well, I'll think about that about getting one maybe sometime in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, so other than that, lots of travel plans that were, uh, I thought was solid, but it had to be canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, good things, obviously. Things did get refunded, so that was good. So that's not too bad. And yeah, isolation was definitely an issue. Living in an apartment mm-hmm. and not having the chance to go out or anything like that. It was just just meeting the neighbors or you know seeing people here and there. Mm-hmm. And basically... Thank God for the internet, I guess you could say, because oh, yeah. that was a means of connecting with friends and family, as well as cell phone phone calls mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But certain things that we take for granted, you know, like registering your car, mm. that was such a, a nightmare because it was such a backlog of people who couldn't, because they shut down the tax offices, the DMV, oh. and so for the longest time, and people who had... Yeah, people who had registrations that were expired were backed up. And so as the days went on, more and more people just had registrations that were expired. And you couldn't do that online? Well, you could do online as well, too. But maybe you couldn't go get an inspection because all the inspection locations were closed or there were too many people lined up to get it done, basically. And then you okay. have... So essentially any any government yeah. uh, facility. Okay. Yeah, and then you have people who at that time... Austin is very Austin is still has a lot of people moving in, mm-hmm. and so uh, you have a lot of people who are here who are trying to register their car for the first time, and that just adds me more to the backlog. So mm. that was fun, and then mm. yeah, another thing was shopping for groceries. That was crazy oh, because yeah. certain things were in supply, certain things weren't, and people fighting over. I remember people fighting over meat. Yeah. You know, because they had the shortage, the meat shortage, uh-huh. uh, obviously toilet paper, and then uh, things you, that you never think would go away. Did you ever yeah. experience a, a racist encounter while you're doing your groceries? That came out of left field, but no. I mean, because like a lot of Asians got that experience because 
the virus. Oh, uh, in regards to the virus. Originated from okay. Wuhan. Yeah. 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 Uh, I personally did not because whenever I did groceries, I was with Joe. Mm-hmm. But I know that my mom's uh, boyfriend did. Oh, wow. Uh, quite a lot of people that uh, my acquaintances on, on Facebook, like they would write posts about how they would get racist comments. And so it was, it was, you know, it was a thing. It was um, quite an unpleasant thing. Um, local restaurants, Asian restaurants would be vandalized and Jeez. robbed. And, and was uh, that you know in, those... Um, hmm? Was that in Quebec? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. In the city, in my city. Uh, and, you know, in Chinatown, they mm-hmm. have these gates, right? Yeah. And then... At the beginning of the gates, there's usually these lion statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, somebody smashed them. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> what that was uh, that was not nice. And also, well, aside for that, did you guys also in the grocery store have those arrows on the ground where it's like a one-way thing? You had to move in the direction of the arrows and if you move yeah. in the wrong direction then you <laughs> then you would get reprimanded and wait reprimanded yeah because um the employees watch you like a hawk like you're not supposed to move against the direction of the arrows oh wow no i i don't recall that i i remember them having arrows and specific directions in regards to like checking out and things of that nature, oh. but not not like shopping wise. Oh. It was only like going to uh, stand at a specific location before you check oh. out and waiting for a cashier to call you over to check out. But there wasn't really. Oh, okay. Because uh, I guess highly enforced <laughs> or, or restrictive or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. For... But then again, it is Texas. Okay. So. Yeah, well, I personally, I find it a, a little ridiculous and overkill. Because they mapped out the whole entire grocery store. In every grocery store, they mapped it out with arrows on the floor. And you're supposed to move in only one direction. And if you moved past, I don't know, the cucumbers and you forgot to get it, then just do another round because you're not <laughs> you're not going back. <laughs> oh what? That's yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> Oh, but that but you guys had a curfew too, so I guess yes. that played into it, maybe. Oh, I, uh, I don't know if it's because of the curfew, but uh-huh. uh, it was to limit the. Oh yes, it was to limit the um, the proximity that you're close to somebody. Yeah, because yeah. because they were also limiting the number of people that could enter at one time uh, in the grocery oh, I store. That. Like if you, yeah, yeah, you had to line up to go to the groceries. Because they would, I don't know, oh, allow only 50 people at once. Oh my gosh, yeah. that I just recall. Um, so, you know, the gyms were closed. Like yes. the workout gyms and, and things like that. Yeah, and yeah. so people were buying free weights left and right, dumbbells and things like that. And I remember trying to buy some and going to like the store uh-huh. called Academy Sports. And I remember people just lined up outside. And once you got in, like there was nothing for you to buy oh, yeah. because everybody was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And so it was just kind of hilarious. Like th- the specific things that you never think about. You know, you take for being, granted. Yeah. Being so coveted and yeah. 
when you finally think about it, oh, maybe I should start working out or buy uh, buy a couple of just, weights uh, to work out, and then you find that everyone was thinking the same thing. Just lift the uh, lift some turkey. I don't know. <laughs> lift some frozen yeah. meat. <laughs> if only, right? <laughs> if only we can find frozen meat. That was a uh, that was you know scarce as well. Oh, too, for real. So. Oh. Yeah, meat in general was a, a heck of a time as well. I didn't know that. So it wasn't, yeah, it was it was almost everything that you can think of. Oh, jeez. But a big savior for me, though, was food delivery. Uh, I think I used DoorDash a bunch mm. of times. I used Uber Eats a bunch of times as well, too, just because, you know, a lot of restaurants were just doing takeout. Right. And so this was very convenient. And, and they, had, they had very good... Uh, I guess policies where they allowed the delivery people to just drop off the food yeah. instead of you know knocking the door and they giving you the food oh, and things yeah. like that. So that was very convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and uh, I and even even now I still use that. Yeah. You know the no contact drop off, which is fine because yeah, it saves same. them time. I in same. my opinion, yeah. Yeah. So. I, I I remember that uh, in, during the curfew, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the people that were exempt from the curfew. Uh, was because there's a list of exemptions. Uh, was the food delivery people and the taxi drivers and all that? Um, yeah, the essential workers apparently is what they were called. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, and did you um mm-hmm. did you deal with did you get caught with uh like going past curfew or anything like that? Pull over. Yeah. Oh, pulled over. <laughs> yeah. Well, work issued a letter. Uh huh. And. It was to justify why we were still out on the streets late at night, past curfew. Because at the time, I was working evening shift. Oh. So I would end my shift at midnight. And so for sure, the police would have every right to pull me over and then ask why I'm past my curfew. And I would have to present my uh, my letter from work. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I did not get pulled over. A few of my colleagues did. Oh, uh, but yeah, I think at the time it would be something like a five hundred dollar fine if what if the? You get, yeah yeah it was <laughs> if it was if intense. you didn't have that letter I guess yeah yeah if you didn't have that letter and you had no reason to be out past curfew you you'd get fined oh man that's crazy yeah did you uh did you guys go out when everything was on lockdown I know I know you said that um everything was on lockdown you guys had mm-hmm. a curfew did you notice like you know, no cars on the street or oh, no yeah, it on was, the highway or anything like that. It was completely empty, no traffic. It uh-huh. was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. It's very interesting because in Austin, there's always traffic yeah. on the two major thoroughfares, Highway 1 or Mopac and then uh-huh. uh, Interstate 35. And I remember going downtown to take pictures and it was, there was nobody. Yeah. It was crazy. You could... You could stand in the middle of a street, one of the major streets, and just see as far as it can go and not see a single car. And that was that was strange. It was very eerie. Yeah, it was, definitely. And it felt like, it did feel like a dystopia. And an apoc- a post-apocalyptic yeah. scene. Uh, and yeah. um, I remember reading news articles about animals showing up because there's no human activity. So you would have animals showing up in oh, um, yes, the cities. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Los Angeles, I believe, was one city that always has like a haze over the city. Yeah, but because there's been there was no cars or anything like that, you mm-hmm. saw the city 
with it was clear as day because there was no haze due to cars or anything like that. So that was very yeah. interesting. Right, the pollution was uh, was uh, yeah lower. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the things that happened during the pandemic that. You never think what happened in a million years, and it does, and then、yeah. we witness it. Gives you, it kind of gives you a glimpse of no human activity and what it would look like. Yeah, and in ideal, in an ideal situation in regards to like conservation or global warming or you、yeah. know taking care of all that pollution things of that nature. Yeah. Very humbling, I guess you can say, for us to be able to see a glimpse of that natural world per se.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So did um. For Canada, did you guys have anything in regards to like rent being frozen or economic stimulus sent to like the citizens or anything like that?、Uh, I know that at some point、uh, people were having a really hard time finding apartments, and it was it was scarce and it was expensive. And for an apartment hunting, there would be lineups. So so I've heard about that.、Mm. I haven't experienced it myself because we we bought this house just before the pandemic. We bought it in November two thousand nineteen, and then the pandemic hit, and so we we were <laughs> we were very lucky about that. But yeah, no, it, there were cases of people finding it very hard to to find apartments. Essentially,、mm, I see. Yeah. So, so, what about in the states? Uh, in the states, I mean, there was rent being frozen.、Uh, you know, there was a exactly. What do you、order. mean by that? Oh, uh, so so like landlord doesn't require you to pay. Well, not the landlord requires doesn't require you. The city put a stop on evictions. Oh. So that if someone didn't pay rent, then there's no way to evict them or to start the eviction process. I see. So it was called is yeah it was called a moratorium,、ah. and it was done nationwide. And that was very interesting because I work in the apartment industry,、mm-hmm. you know, but on the IT side, and it was very interesting being on that side of things、yeah. and trying to work with people in regards to. Paying rent because some job, some industries were affected more than others.、Yeah. You know, certain things like tourist industry,、yeah. the hospitality industry,、yeah. hotels, restaurants, things of that nature, all affected because of the pandemic. And so,、right. a lot of people just basically didn't have work. Yeah, they still had. They may or may not have a job, but regardless, there was no income coming in for、yeah. or no. Revenue coming into the restaurants or whatever、okay. business so that's, it was. That's what you meant.、Uh, in terms of that, Canada did have something of that sort. It was、mm. a nationwide program, financial aid for people who lost their jobs, had no income because of the pandemic.、Uh, they could apply for that financial aid, and I believe it was somewhere around two thousand dollars per month.、Mm. And wow, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it's not bad. You can apply it, and they'll provide you with that financial aid. But thing is, if you apply and it's not true,、mm-hmm. then not only do you have to refund it, but you're also fined. And a lot of people got caught. Oh, that's nice. Because they were abusing that financial aid. Sheesh. Yeah, in the states, I know they had the the、mm-hmm. um, payroll loan, the PPP loan, which was given to a lot of businesses. Ironically, a lot of that was. Ultimately forgiven, 
and uh, in the same mm-hmm. in the same vein, there was a lot of people who actually took advantage of that, and I believe very few people actually got reprimanded or caught in that regard. Especially you had now that's coming out after the student loan forgiveness that Joe Biden has put out that mm-hmm. you find out a lot of these. Uh, politicians, even some of them had these PPP loans that were forgiven in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so that's um, the irony of that is they were there are people who are against student loan forgiveness, but then so when they, it protects the one percent. Yeah, so they had hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans forgiven by the government. And so it's like okay, they're complaining about people getting ten thousand dollars reduced from their student loans, but they had hundreds of thousands of dollars forgiven. Mm-hmm. So that was the irony of that aspect. Mm-hmm. So I know you work in the uh, medical field. How how was your job affected in Canada during the pandemic? Mm, okay, so I I work in the lab and I work in the microbiology lab uh, at a hospital. Mm-hmm. So we dealt directly with the COVID PCR, and like anywhere else, the lab wasn't well prepared. Mm. Right, we didn't have the equipment. We didn't have the people. In numbers and also in training and because of that it resulted in a lot of medical staff being injured from repetition of movement and myself included mm. now why is it that it's repetition of movement in COVID PCR it's because every damn sample and it's it's a screw cap right mm-hmm. I had to unscrew it for every sample. And so it was overuse of the thumb and yeah, and I got injured. Uh, I would say not half, but I would say at least like 25% of the lab people got injured, mostly young people. Mm. And so definitely I have a lot of resentment towards the healthcare system because management knew how many of us were injured but they didn't do anything about it. Goodness. And um, yeah, and it, to management, we were just a, a number. And I just felt very underappreciated. And I tried everything in my power to change that. I've spoken to my supervisors. I've spoken to my managers. I've went to my union. I've went to the government. And the government audited my workplace. Oh wow. Because it became a safety issue at this point when you have like 25% of your workers being injured in a short amount of time, something's wrong. And so they audited the workplace, but but nothing came of it. And I did everything I could, but aside for the work environment being not safe to work in, it was also toxic because I, I just feel like the high stress and fatigue from everybody, it just brought out the worst in some people. And it only takes a few people to, um, what is that saying? Uh, it only takes a few rotten apples to spoil the barrel. Mm. So it was, it was a terrible negative experience for me and... Uh, I couldn't take it anymore, so I quit. Ah. And it's, yeah, it's not only in my lab, every public labs or units, no matter what profession in the healthcare system you have, 
no matter if you're a nurse or a doctor or you're a technician. Yeah, I I recall that there was a lot of uh, nurses and doctors actually frustrated with how everything was being handled oh, yeah. from the government aspect as well as management. Uh, we saw that in the news and on forums and on Reddit, there were lots of nurses and doctors coming out and just letting every the, the public know about exactly what's going on in the hospital yeah. and you know the number of uh, issues they were dealing with on a daily basis on a minute to minute basis actually you yeah. know having to try their best with with or without personal protection equipment oh, yeah, and yeah. things like that having to reuse masks mm -hmm. things like that mm -hmm. just so that just because they didn't have enough yeah. you know so yeah i definitely get it there was a lot of frustration yeah, in the it, yeah exactly healthcare workers exactly it was a, a lot of frustration and it's such a shame because i went into this program this career thinking thinking that this would be the career until Mm -hmm. uh, my retirement and I loved working in the lab I loved working behind the scenes and testing samples and uh, coming up with the results and issuing reports to the doctors I I liked my job but but that wasn't enough for me to stay in such a toxic environment yeah. and so so yeah I left that behind well, I mean, you know, thank you for what you did. You know, <laughs> you guys with the front lines. Yeah. So without the testing, without you guys actually doing the PCR testing, like you said, you guys are doing it manually by the hundred per day. And so thousands. Uh, that's definitely thousands. Tough. Thousands. Uh yeah. It was it it was uh it was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. And it's Anyway, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into it because I can. I can talk about this. Yeah, all that's day long. understandable. Definitely. Um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, definitely I, traumatic. I to leave. Uh, yeah, it, exactly. It was a very traumatic experience, man. I I I developed anxiety because of that, and oh wow. Uh, yeah, I I I didn't even want to go back to work i had like i was dreading it because of who i had to work with and mm. it was just so bad but anyway i see well i mean that's long past right I, yes i guess yes yes um i think i quit in november mm. yeah so it's been a while now so not not too long ago yeah, yeah I, I, what's it almost a year right yeah it's it's yeah. almost been what a year and uh i have to say my mental health has improved a lot since then. Uh, I am much happier now than I was. Uh, Jonathan was very concerned for me at the time. You mm -hmm. were concerned for me. Oh at the yeah, time. Definitely. I was. That was a crazy. I was thing. telling you about all these things happening, and you're like, "No, you you, you got to document all of this, Amy. You gotta <laughs> you gotta protect yourself." Yeah. Uh, Tough times. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I'm doing much better now, and uh, uh, yeah. All right. So, moving forward, I guess towards the future, regardless of where you decide to go vocationally, mm -hmm. what is your prediction in terms of like effects that we things that we may or may not have learned from the pandemic? Right. What do you think is we we can take from these past two years and moving forward? What do you think will happen? in terms of policies or maybe social norms, mm -hmm. 
things of that nature. Yeah. So I've mentioned it, um, earlier that I still wear a mask mm -hmm. uh, when I go out. So especially when there's a lot of people, like a festival. Oh, okay. I really think that's going to be normalized at some point mm -hmm. because if you look in Asia, they've normalized wearing masks for such a long time. True. I remember at some point I met uh, this Japanese woman mm -hmm. for a language exchange program here in my city. And she was so surprised. And this was way before the pandemic. So she was so surprised that nobody was wearing a mask. And I said, I asked her, why would anybody be wearing masks? And she said, well, in Japan, if you don't wear makeup, you wear a mask. If you're sick, you wear a mask. Oh. If you're tired, you wear a mask. Oh. You wear a mask for anything, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was that common. But uh, I'm thinking back at the news reporters that I see even before the pandemic, say in, in Hong Kong mm -hmm. or in China. And then sometimes they have shots of people on the streets and then yeah you do see a couple of people wearing masks and it's absolutely normal for them yeah definitely and uh, i think that at some point in the western like north america it'll probably be like that too eventually yeah i mean it, it definitely was normalized during the pandemic or the the height of the pandemic but i don't think that it should be seen as something abnormal or anything like that it should definitely be normalized just because there's it's better than nothing you know when you especially when you're sick you don't want to get other people sick oh yeah so it's absolutely. just a way of of protecting other people from your sickness especially if you have to go out or yeah. if you have to um, use public transportation or go to the store things of the nature so yeah. it just seems like a win-win situation oh it definitely is yeah and it's just a, a question of people not giving into the fear it's just uh the mask is there to protect them uh and speaking of normalizing things i feel like uh work from home is another thing that's normalized you think so i think so because i think a lot of companies realize that they don't need to rent the office space anymore like how much money were we paying per month for that uh yeah that's true but i feel like the mentality on that is that they already rented these huge offices and so mm -hmm. they they want these people to go back in the office and that's that's what it seems like it's happening now i think then going away from a full remote yeah. work environment to a hybrid where people still go into the office but maybe two or three times a week as opposed yeah. to working from home completely or going to the office completely but yeah. yeah i think it'll be i think remote work is normalized in some aspects of it but i think full remote work might be kind of dependent on the industry i'd say yeah i i think you're right on that i think it's a 50 50 i know some people love the fact that they don't have to <laughs> they don't have to like they can stay in their pjs and work oh yeah definitely. and they don't have to put on their makeup and work and they don't have to worry about transportation like traveling an hour 30 minutes to work they save on gas mm-hmm and and then the opposite is also true, uh, especially for parents with young children, and they they just get interrupted all the time because you know, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, yeah, that's true. Come play with us, <laughs> and so they just want to. They love their children, of course, but they they want to be productive, and in order to do so, they need to get away from home. Yeah, makes sense. So there's different opinions about that. We'll see. We'll see what. 
what the future brings. Yeah, that's true. So another, I guess another industry that was affected, I think, in my opinion, is the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I know for sure movie theaters were definitely on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely breeding ground for mm-hmm. pandemic issues like COVID. Just because the proximity, you're next to somebody, mm-hmm. you never know if they're sick or not, and it's dark, and people cough, and there's food being um, shared, and things like that. So yeah. that was an interesting thing. Yeah. And with that came the rise of like theatrical releases on streaming services, yeah. like HBO like Max having Disney Plus uh, and all first, that. Yeah. yeah, one day releases, or you know, the first day releases not being at the theaters, but either being on streaming or being on the streaming service and at the theater at the same time yeah. towards the end of the pandemic. So. I feel like that's going to change the trajectory of that. What do you prefer personally? Do you prefer going into theaters or at home? I still prefer going to the theaters because it's it's a completely different experience, especially if it's something, a a movie that is shot in, say, IMAX or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you really can't experience something like that at home. I mean, you can come close, but you'll be spending thousands of dollars. And even then, it's not going to be the same. So... Uh, there is definitely that magic and romance of going to a, a movie theater with a friend or a loved one and experiencing yeah. something that, especially if it's a really good movie, that yeah. you get to experience together. I would have to say it's the opposite for me. Oh, really? I remember going into theaters to watch Dune. I don't know if you've watched Dune. Oh, Dune? Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, they had stopped... Um. Because before in the movie theaters, it was uh, you got the seat and then the seat next to you would be empty. Mm, yeah, yeah. They, they would make sure that the seats next to you were empty. It wasn't the case. It was a full house. And I heard some coughs. And oh, I wasn't goodness. comfortable. I, I was kind of paranoid, to be honest. Even if I had a mask on, I was slightly paranoid. Dune was a good movie. It was beautiful. It reminded me of like one of those BBC documentaries. Oh. The shots were amazing. Yeah. But the music was so loud. I had to, oh my uh, God. I had to plug my ears. At some point. Oh my I would have rather watched this movie in the comfort of my own home, to be honest. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's personal opinion, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. you have that option now, which is great in a way, per se. So mm-hmm. uh, if you want to watch it at home, you can. If you want to watch it at the theater, you definitely can as, at the same, roughly the same time frame as well, too. So you, I think having options is pretty good too as well. Definitely for sure. And uh, I guess this is pretty much concluding our podcast. Mm -hmm. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, How was your experience with the pandemic? And how did you guys deal with the changes? Go ahead and let us know by shooting us an email. If you have any other questions or suggestions as well too, definitely reach out to us at theamtake at gmail.com. That's theamtake at gmail.com. T-H-E-A-M as Mary, T-A-K-E at gmail.com. Yeah, and next week we'll be talking about online friends. Are they real or not? Can deep, meaningful friendships be formed without ever physically meeting up? So what's your take on that? Join us next week for that discussion. Until then, bye. Bye. Make sure you subscribe. We'll see you guys next week.